Hi, and welcome to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. My name's Brad McClure. You see, there was a time when I stood behind a pulpit each week and had the opportunity to teach God's Word. Today, I'm a banker, and each week I sit in a pew just like you. I may have gone from the pulpit to the pew, but I haven't lost my love for learning and teaching God's Word. And that's what this podcast is all about. So, grab your Bibles and let's study God's Word together. Hey friends, welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. What did you think about the brand new intro that you just heard? Now, some of you skipped it, so back up, go listen to it, and let me know what you think. I sent it to my family. My mom, of course, loved it. Mom loves everything. My sister loved it. She loves about everything. My brother was cracking up at my voice. He said I sounded hilarious on there, but, you know, it's kind of, you got to have a little bit of a professional voice there. But he said it sounded pretty good. So uh, I, I, I really am enjoying this podcast. I'm enjoying teaching the Word of God. And I thought the intro helps explain what the podcast is. I once was behind the pulpit, now I'm in the pew, but I'm still teaching God's Word. And I have a passion and a heart that wants people, everyday people like myself, I'm now a banker, that go to work and every day and they struggle and they want to do their devotions and they want to study the Bible and they just don't understand it. My goal is to try to be a part in helping you understand. That's really my goal. And there's nothing I enjoy more than when someone says, boy, that's, that's so simple after you taught that. That's what makes all the difference. So this week, I am continuing in my study of David. I almost, I almost need to make a graphic at this point, just make it a series at this point, because I've just been talking about David. And while I'm talking about David, can I say that my wife did something for me super special? She's planned a trip for us coming up in November. I'm going with my mom and my dad. And she knows how much I love David, how much I've been talking about David, teaching about David. And she made plans and got tickets for me to be sitting right close to the front at a, at the Sight and Sound Theater in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, watching the production of David. Now, if you've never been to the Sight and Sound Theater, you got to go sometime. There's one in Branson, Missouri. There is one in um, in Lancaster where we're going, and I've been to one. I've seen Noah's story. I've seen Moses. They are powerful, and I saw David's. I was like, I've got to see that, but I didn't think I ever would. And my wife surprised me and told me early, but I am pumped about it. So that's coming up for me in November. So you may hear about David between now and November. I don't know. But today I just want to share with you a short thought. I want to share with you from 1 Samuel 23, and last week I was talking here in chapter 23 about how David's now out of the cave. He had 400 men. He was leading them, and and he heard about the Philistines coming in and, and taking over some of the land, and he asked God. He inquired of God, and I titled the lesson, Asking God for Directions, and he was, he was asking God, should I go fight? And God said yes, and then remember his men were like, uh, I don't know, should we? And so he asked God again, and God said, yes, go fight. And so he did, and, and God gave him victory. And, 
we talked a little bit in there about Saul because Saul was kind of going through the motions as if he understood the will of God, but he had no clue. He's trying to bless people in, in the name of God. He has no clue in that right now. But I want to talk this week about something a little bit different. Is we're still in the same text. David has left. I love. We had that "but God" phrase last week. It says, "But God delivered him not into his hand; did not deliver David in the hand of Saul." I love that. Verse fifteen. It says, "And David saw that Saul was come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph, in wood." Now, verse sixteen and seventeen is where I want to kind of part today, because in verse sixteen it says, "And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose." And went to David in the wood. Now listen to this phrase right here. And strengthened his hand in God. Now I haven't talked a lot about Jonathan to this point. We started kind of focusing on David's life in that cave. And and how he's come out of that cave revived. And what God's done with him since then. But, But David had a friend named Jonathan. He actually was Saul's son. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. If Jonathan is Saul's son, he's the rightful next king. He's in the lineage to be the next king. But he knows that the kingdom is going to be given to David. And he's best friends with David. So you would think that Jonathan would side with Saul and try to kill David so he could be king. But he's not. He is a good and godly friend. And so Jonathan hears word that David is hiding in the wood is what it says. And instead of going to his dad and telling his dad who would naturally just go and try to kill him, instead of doing that, it says that he goes into the wood to find David himself. He, he, he risked his life. I mean, back then, you know how you've seen these shows. These kings are just crazy. And if the king heard of this and got mad at Jonathan, he could take his own son's head off. But Jonathan snuck to find his friend David. And when he found him, it says a phrase that I just it just gripped me. It says this, that, that Jonathan strengthened his hand in God. Good friends are priceless, are they not? Now, I think our world is very confused on what a good friend is. A good friend is not... Someone that always tells you what you want to hear. It's a friend that's always going to tell you the right thing in the right moment. And a godly friend is going to tell you the right biblical thing in the right moment. That's exactly what Jonathan did. Jonathan was not self-serving. He wasn't seeking his own. He, you you got to keep in mind how big this is. He should be the next king, but it's been ripped from him. It's going to be given to a former shepherd boy, one that's now been promoted and and to the point where these women are singing about him even greater than the king. But Jonathan is a godly friend. And when he comes to David, he finds him and he encourages him. You may be thinking, as I did, as I was reading this, well, it's kind of weird timing for that because David's doing good. He saw revival. He came out of the he came out of the the cave and he's doing good. We just like you, you come out of a church service and boy, we're doing good. We're feeling great, and all of a sudden Monday hits and we get hammered. My Monday, my Monday was in a fast version was like this. I get into work thinking it's going to be a slow day. 
a slow day for me means I may be able to get a little bit of my study done. I may be able to get a few things. I mean, I, I can listen to some podcasts because I don't have a lot of busy work. And it's going to be a good day. And all of a sudden, I got hammered with busyness, 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 busyness. And it the week hasn't slowed down. And so sometimes we coming off of maybe a high from church or making the decision and all of a sudden we're hit with things and we can't get discouraged. And so I don't know where David was right here. I think he's in a lot better place than he was when he entered the cave. But when his friends saw him, he saw a need and Jonathan, it says he strengthened his hand in God. Let me ask you this question right now on the podcast. Are you the type of friend that you strengthen your friends? Not in themselves or self selfishness, but do you strengthen them in God? When you leave the presence of your friend, do they feel encouraged in their walk with God? Do they feel strengthened in their faith? That's the type of friend that Jonathan was to David. And I would say that David was to Jonathan. And, and look at the three ways that he encouraged him. In verse 17, it says, And he said unto him, So here's what Jonathan said to David. He said, fear not, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find thee. So his first counsel to him was not to fear. Now, we got to remember that every these three things that he's given him is in context that he, the Bible already told us he strengthened him in God. So basically he's saying to him, because of God, don't fear. My dad's, you, he's not going to find you because of God. So he's reminding him of what? What David remembered from the cave, that God was his refuge. He's reminding them that God is his safety and God is his security. That's what Jonathan was repeating into the ears of David, who, though he's fresh out of that cave, some time has went by, maybe a little bit, but he's already had, he's leading now 400 men. If you've ever led people, you know how crazy that can be. So he's trying to lead people, deal with... Remember, these aren't just normal people either. These are people that are full of debt, distress, and they're defeated. And now he's leading these people. Not only did he lead them, he led them into a battle against the Philistines. And they were scared. So he's got a lot on his plate. And Jonathan just reminds him, hey, you don't have to fear. Are you the type of friend that when you leave your friend... You've caused them to worry more about their life? Or do you point them to God who is their security, their protector, their defender? He said, don't fear. But then he goes on after that and he says, and thou shalt be king over Israel. So not only remind him that his safety and security is in God, but I think here he's reminding him of the promise of God that, that you will be king. I know what he's, he's saying to him. I know it doesn't look good right now. And I know you're being chased and I know you're being hunted, but you don't have to fear. God will keep his promise. You will be king one day. That's what Jonathan is saying to David. He's a friend that reminds him of God's promises. Now, I want to ask you this. Are you the type of friend that can point people to the promises of God? How do we become that type of friend? We got to know the Bible. We have to study the Bible. That's that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast, as I said in the opening, to help us to understand the Bible. But do you share with your friends, hey, you know what? I 
And it reminds, maybe they're going through something and you're talking about it. And you say, you know what? That reminds me of a podcast I was listening to. That reminds me of where I was reading my Bible. And do you point them to promises in the word of God to encourage their faith, to strengthen them in God? That's exactly what Jonathan was doing. I'm going to flip this. Don't let me forget. I don't know how you're going to not let me forget because I'm staring at a screen. That's it. But I'm going to come back to a thought in just a second. Let me give you the third thing. He said this. And I shall be next unto thee, and that also shall my, then that also Saul my father knoweth. So he said, number one, don't fear. Your security is in God. He said, number two, don't fear because, because God's going to keep His promise. Number three, he said this, I'm going to be standing right next to you when you're king. So he was showing his support. You know, are we the type of friends that support and build up and encourage our friends? Or are we constantly jealous and looking at them like, well, how do they get that new phone? And I, I don't have that new phone. They get that new iPhone, that, the new watch, the new, and, and we jealous of them. And we, maybe we say some things, a little passive aggressive to tear them down, to try to build ourselves up. That don't be that type of friend that goes around spreading things and gossip and hurting. Jonathan was a friend that was supportive. He said, listen, you will be king. And I'm going to be standing right there next to you, beside you, to support you. Now, what Jonathan did not know, and what's sad, is after he makes that statement, it says he leaves and he goes back to his house. And he's actually never going to see David again. There's going to be some chapters now where you don't hear Jonathan's name. And then Jonathan's going to be in a battle. And he's going to be killed. And it's going to break David's heart. This is their last moment together. But in this last moment, Jonathan shows us what a true friend is. Now, I said I wanted to come back to something. Here's where I'm coming back to. I've been asking you, are you the type of friend that points people to their security in, in God? Are you the type of friend that reminds people the promises of God? And to do that, you've got to be in the Bible. You've got to know the Bible to be that type of friend. Are you the type of friend, as I've said, that's going to be supportive and not tearing down and not jealous. But let me flip it now. Tell me or email me or just holler it out loud wherever you're listening right now. How are your friends? The people that you're closest to, do they strengthen you in God or pull you away from God? Do they remind you that you don't have to fear that you can trust God or do they make you so full of anxiety that you can't even you can't even stand it you're just constantly anxious because of they're anxious or whatever do your friends love the bible talk about god's word encourage you in god's word do your friends support you or tear you down you say hey you know what you're this isn't a podcast of teenagers i mean you're talking to some adults here i understand that but I see a lot of adults with friends that do not strengthen them in God. So I hope that you have some friends that strengthen you in God. And if not, I'm telling you, you need to find some good godly friends that sharpen you. The Bible talks about ironing sharpened iron. So a friend sharpened the countenance of his friend. You need to get some good people around you. There is so much safety in good and a multitude of counselors, good, godly, biblical friends and counselors being around you. There is so much safety and so much growth in your life if you have that. And if you don't, 
I'm telling you, friends can drag you down so fast. Jonathan was an unlikely friend to David. Makes no sense for Jonathan to be friends with David. He's supposed to be the next king. He's supposed to be jealous. He's supposed to hate him. He's supposed to try to kill him, but he didn't. Instead, he risked his life. He found David in a time when David could be vulnerable, in a time when David could get discouraged, and he encouraged his friend in God. Maybe today you need to pick up your phone, send a text message to a friend that just says, hey, thanks for being a godly friend. Or maybe you need to flip it around and just say, hey, how can I pray for you? I'm there for you. How can I support you? What are you going through? What's bothering you? We need godly friends in the churches today. We need to be that. So often we can get so self-absorbed with everything that's going on in our lives that we don't care for other people. I love this phrase. I'll finish with it right here. It says, and so when Jonathan came to the wood, it says, and he strengthened his hand in God. What a wonderful friend Jonathan was. May you and I be and have godly friends. Thank you for listening this week to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If this podcast was a help to you, would you do me a favor? Would you show your support by going to wherever you're listening to and giving a rating? Maybe hit the five star and even go down and and write something about how this podcast has been a help and encouragement to you. That would really would support the podcast and get it out to more people. And we, and I would really appreciate that. Also, if you would sign up for the newsletter, I am enjoying writing. I'm learning. I've got a bunch of, I've got about 70 guinea pigs that I write to each week and I'm just learning the craft of writing and I want to be able to write more in the future. And so if you want to be a part of that beginning process, just go to bradmcclure.org, O-R-G, and go to uh, the newsletter tab, and you can subscribe right there. It's free. It costs you nothing, and you can be a part of that Pulpit to Pew crew newsletter. I also got a private page on Facebook. I've been using YouTube lately. You can go check us out there in a variety of places. So just thank you for being a part of the podcast. I hope you liked the new intro. Hope you were encouraged by the message. Go be a godly friend, and thank you again for listening this week.